Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. So today, you know, we're still in Proverbs, um, and, and, we're, and we're excited about what we're doing. I'm telling you right now, I know it's going to be a good one because my phone keeps on just jumping all of these screens and everything, but it'll be okay. Today, we're going to talk about the spoken word, the power of the spoken word. So... Let's just, let's just have a little bit of conversation to begin with. I want to just kind of tell some stories. I don't even have any in my mind. I just know God will bring them when I need to say them here in just about five seconds. But can you remember maybe coming up through your life and having that person in your life that speaks positive to you and talks about the things that they see in you to build you up? Can anybody recollect or remember anybody in their life that's just wanting to build them up? Nobody? Don's like, I got one. Yeah, we got, we got a few people, you know. So I had a couple hands go up. Check this out. Can anybody um, bring back from memory or some stories where there were people in their lives that spoke harsh words and words that tore them down and hurt them? Then everybody's raising hands and feet. Um. And I'm not here, I'm not, I didn't run any statistics on this. Um, and I think, by what I see, is that people are really quick to critique, criticize, and bring um, ways of helping you. And those words can be received as something that presses you down and hurts you and beats you up and... But it's, it's, it seems like for some reason it's hard for us as human beings to find the words that build up and to edify and to lift up. You know, and that's one of my love languages. Is um, I know that, that if God touches hearts here today, it's because God did it and nothing I said. But going down that highway here in about an hour, I look over at Barbara and like, so what do you think? <laughs> she knows it's going to come. It's because I so much want to get the affirmation of my bride, Barbara. And I know that that's a fleshly thing. That's not necessary. It's not terrible. I'm not in sin when I'm asking her. But I want to be affirmed by my bride. I want her eyes to sparkle and happiness to come across her face when she looks at me. And some of that could be an identity issue that I know that my identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And then if I go and do my job, God's going to do what he's going to do. But it's just funny sometimes how we have words spoken over us that can tear us down or either build us up. Today, I want to get excited. I want us to be a fun message, but I also want the body to leave here today. And I've been praying and asking God to 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 hear this request, that I want the church today to leave here understanding the power that dwells inside of you. I'm talking to the Christian. I'm talking to the one that believes that Jesus Christ is Lord, that, that the Holy Spirit dwells. I want you to leave here today understanding just how powerful 
God is that lives in you. God can do whatever he pleases. The second thing is, I want you to leave here today understanding and knowing that you're not a product of any of your past mistakes. That you were bought and renewed and made new by the blood of Jesus Christ. That you can leave here today. You may have been a victim for 40 years, but I promise you, if you will receive this message today, that you will leave here understanding that you fight at a victory. And the victory was bought with Jesus at Calvary. So, Proverbs 18.20, it says this. And I don't have anything on the screen. I will say it slow. You can write it down. You can go back and look at it. But in Proverbs 18.20, it says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. Listen to me. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. What did you say? I didn't say anything. That's God's word. It says, this little tiny thing in our mouth is more powerful than the rudder of a ship. It can direct our lives in which way they go and how we speak. The tongue can bring forth death or the tongue can bring forth life. In the very, the very beginning of Proverbs 18.20, the first word is wise. Wise words. Because I think that's some of the problem that we encounter as walking a walk with Christ is that everybody has some words nowadays. But what's the difference between having words and having wise words? So what is a wise word? How can we tell when a word is wise? Because who can agree with me that this coming week there's going to be someone in our family or someone in our circles or someone in our workplaces that's going to have an opinion about something that we're going through? Is anybody else going to face that? Somebody going to have an opinion. Their opinions is bad, buddy. Um, but here's how we know if these opinions are wise, these words are wise. I'll say this slowly. You might want to jot it down. It's something you can go back and just meditate on. We know that a word is wise when they're grounded in love and filtered by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. A word is wise when it is grounded in love, filtered by God's Word and the Holy Spirit. If those three things happen, if someone is speaking over your life, know that that is a great possibility that that word is from God. But here's the deal. A wise word doesn't always make us feel good about ourselves. Because if I'm living in a way that's disobedient to God, and one of my friends, one of my mentors, one of the people that's in my core or close friend group comes to me and says, Hey, Paul, hear me when I say this. But I'm saying it out of all love that 
you've got to really slow down and look. I might get a little bit disgruntled, but the word was still wise. My actions towards someone that loves me, that word spoken into my life, my actions could be totally like, you need to mind your own business. You really don't know what I'm going through. If you knew what I was going through, you wouldn't even be saying that. But remember that if it's anchored and, and, and the foundation is in love and it's filtered through God's word and the Holy Spirit, there's a really good chance that it's a wise word from God. I like feeling happy. Who in here doesn't like feeling happy? And I'm going to be quite honest with you. Leading a ministry and being the director of a ministry it makes me unhappy when Don comes and questions me about a decision I might be making. He doesn't do that very often, but once or twice a year, he's like, Hey, Paul, have you really thought about this? Every day. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my first response. How much have you thought about it? <laughs> if we're not careful, we can stop hearing if a person's coming to us with love. Because when a person's coming to you with love, the cool thing is, the kind of godly love that they're coming to you with, it's not even about you. you got to listen to me because I don't got off script. This is Holy Spirit. When they're coming to you in love, and it's filtered by God's Word and the Holy Spirit, it's not even about you. It's about God's kingdom. It's not even about you. It's about something being attached to or happening in one of God's vessels. And it's about his kingdom and not yours. So what is love? I knew you would ask, so I went ahead and just put down that scripture. Everybody want to hear what love is? Everybody loves 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Did you hear some of the qualities of what love is? I love the part in there where it says love is patient. I got sets of eyes looking at me right now. If y'all just understood the amount of patience some of these men had to have with me and growing me into God's calling in my life. Patience to be able to love me when I'm hard to love. And, and don't you love that piece where in the scripture where it says that it keeps no records of wrongs? How we can know that we belong to Jesus and God don't have a book where he writes down all of our wrongs. The blood of Jesus Christ is poured over me, is poured over you. So that now that, that the blood and the grace that we live in, God says, out with the book. I do no longer want to make sure I just thumb you on everything. Now, he's, we're going to be held accountable when we get to heaven. I'm not giving y'all an out on that. You can't leave here today saying you just got a 10 million get out of jail free card. We gotta be we gotta be accountable for what we do. But by the grace of God through Jesus, we live in freedom. It says that love keeps no records of being wronged. 
I think Jesus was wronged when he was put upon a cross and crucified for my sin. That's a wrong. I've never faced a wrong that way. Jesus was wronged when he was beaten with a whip and the flesh was torn from his body. Jesus was wronged when he was spat upon, when they threw dice for his clothes as he hung on that cross for me and for you. He was wrong, but he keeps no records of being wrong. What a kind of love I hope to get one day. So, if the actions of the one speaking in your life is not lining up with the character of God, then there's a good chance that those words are empty. If the actions and the character of the person that has an opinion about something that is happening in your life, and that's what they have is an opinion. Because an opinion can only become fact when it lines up with what God says. I don't know if you heard me on that because an opinion can only be made fact as a believer in Christ when it lines up with God's word. And how do you know if it lines up with God's word if you don't read it? So if the actions of that person speaking in your life, the first thing I do is I go and I make sure that I can find out where that's written. Because I don't want to take an opinion and put my marriage at stake of an opinion. I don't want to go and take an opinion and put my job at the stake of an opinion. I don't want to take and put an opinion in raising my children and, and leading my household and serving my community and loving people off of an opinion. I want it to be lined up with this, the Word of God. So here's four actions that will change our lives forever. Four things, we'll run through them. Number one, the most valuable thing in the Word is a person that will speak godly truth over you and speak love into you. Proverbs 10.8 The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Proverbs 10.10 People who wink at wrong cause trouble. But a bold reproof promotes peace. You know what that just said? It's that people who truly love you ain't going to sit there and just watch you keep on doing wrong and say, you got this. People who truly love you are going to say, that's not from God. That is not lining up with God's word. The words of the godly are a life-giving foundation. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Proverbs 10:11. The words of the godly are life-giving foundation. Excuse me, a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intent. I don't know about y'all, but on these hot days. Has anybody ever wanted to just be up in the middle of downtown Rock Hill? I, maybe I'm real redneck. I don't know. I've just about gotten brave enough to jump over in the middle of that fountain. And, and, and just let that fountain just pour over me. You know, kind of, there was a thing. There was a lady last summer or the summer before, Barbara. She was on the, on the paper, and she, was, she didn't have her bathing suit on. She was just up in that thing. Just laid up in it. But when God's love and his word 
flows over us. It's like being revived on a 100-degree day with ice-cold water, with cool water flowing over us. It just brings us this satisfaction. It brings us this freedom. It lets us know that everything is going to be okay. And that's what happens when the words of the godly, they are a life-giving fountain. So a point that I wanted to speak to you off of this. Evaluate. Leave here today. and I want you to evaluate who you're letting speak into your life. Evaluate the men and the women that you're doing life with. If they're not lined up with the foundation of love, the Word of God, and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, be very careful on how you go forward with them. Because that is not a fun place to be. One of my friends sitting in here today, I think if I can quote it right, it says, sin will take you further than you want to go, and it'll take you so much longer to get back out of it. Before you even know it, you'll be down that path so far. And you'll be like, man, how did I ever get here? And it takes you so much longer to fix all the collateral damage. Do the words from this individual in your life promote growth and fruit or death and destruction? Growth and fruit or death and destruction? Number two, the fallen world, the world that we live in, we live in a world where Satan has been cast down to this world. Out of heaven, God's cast him into this place where we live. We are saints bought by the blood of Jesus living in enemy territory. And you've got to understand that. If you don't believe and understand that, it's going to have a hard time understanding what I'm fixing to say. But because of who bought you, who equipped you, who armored you, who you are, there's nothing that he can do to you unless God gives him permission. But this fallen world is a very good at teaching us how to hate one another. And when we start disliking one another, there is not long after that that ungodly words come out. When my heart gets bitter towards another person, it's not long before this word is going to spew out of this man's mouth. And thanks be to God, I get convicted. I think twice this past week I've said something that wasn't from God. And one time it was even out of a joke. And I went to the guy and said, dude, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for, for calling you an idiot? You called me an idiot? Yeah, but I didn't mean it. But God heard it. I heard it. I got convicted. I needed to go make it right. Even if I said it in a smile and a joke, it was still a word. Thanks be to God that I get convicted. You know, the word says that if you're not getting corrected... You're an illegitimate child. You're not even a child of God if you're not being corrected. Thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit comes to me and says, that wasn't from me. That wasn't grounded in love. That word was of the devil. See, in Proverbs 10, 12, it says, hatred steers up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. It's not fun to fight with people we love. 
But I do know this. If we will put our eyes on God and through time and healing, God will get the glory and he will heal hurts and pains and struggles. But it's all about how we speak. Listen to this in Matthew 15, 10 through 11. Write down Matthew 15, 10 through 11. You might want to jot that down. It says, then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Why did Jesus say that? It's a whole sermon all to its own. But I promise you, the words that come out of your mouth are a picture of this heart. The words that come out of your mouth are a picture of our heart. The heart is programmed and tuned by our eyes and our mind. What we feed our heart is what our heart is going to spew out. If we feed our heart through our eyes on things that of the world, why do we think that we will get things of God out on the other side? It's like an easy-bake oven. Anybody ever play with an easy-bake? Well, put my hand up. I'm a man. <laughs> Got my hand right here in my pocket. Right there, Barbara. Barbara looking at me like I just lost a little respect for Paul and his easy-bake oven. <laughs> Why do we think we can put a piece of Play-Doh in one side of the easy-bake oven and think we're going to get an apple pie on the other side? At the same time, why do we think we can put the images and the views and the words of the world in our mind and think that love's going to come out of our heart? What you feed your heart through your eyes and ears is what will come out of your mouth. Wise words come from the lips of the people with understanding, but those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. Proverbs 10, 13, and 14. It says that the babbling fool invites disaster. We need to pray to God to soften our hearts towards the people of this world. Why do we think that a person that does not know Jesus needs to think like a person that does know Jesus? Guess what lost people do? Lost people things. <laughs> but God want, doesn't want his children, the ones of the kingdom, the princesses and princes. He doesn't want us to act like the world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That we lead, let the word of God seep into us every day so that we won't be of the world, but we'll be of a different world. It says that we're to live our lives as looking like foreigners in this land. Why? Because you are. This is not your final destination. You will be in the presence of the one God around a throne. So we need to pray and let God soften our hearts towards the people of this world. 
If we can't love each other in the church, what hope do we have to love the ones that don't think like us? If we can't speak truth and love to one another in this church, how is it ever going to be received by a person who doesn't know Jesus? So we need to weigh our words with God's word to build up the church, not to tear it down. Where all of this has to start is it's got to start with us, the church. We need to do some house cleaving. We need to check our own hearts and line it up with God's Word and the Holy Spirit. We need to start speaking in a way that promotes life and abundance. And stop speaking death and destruction over Sometimes we're using this mouth to destroy our own lives. And we don't even realize it. By the power of the Word of God that we can speak by what lives inside of us. And if God so see it, it shall come to be. If it is His will. You, brother and sister, have the power of God living inside of you. Number three, we have to be in a position to accept words that build us up. I was going to do a little exercise, but I knew this message was long. So I didn't, and I couldn't find the dried clay, and I got lazy, to be honest. So, But mom, my mother... Um, has this big building full of ceramic molds in her yard. And Mama's 74 and never hardly gets out of bed anymore. But I still can't throw these molds away. And that don't even have anything to do with this topic other than Mama won't let me clean the yard up. But I remember Mom would take these, this slip and pour in these molds and it would make this clay, this potter's clay stuff. And, and if it would set out in the air, it would get really, really dry. And when it got really, really dry and all the moisture was gone out of this clay, you couldn't do anything with it, Don. Only thing you could really do is throw it on the floor and it'd shatter into a bunch of dust. But when mom would let the moisture come back into that clay and she'd start working it with her hand, and the more, more, more water that she would pour over it, the more it got where it would work. Even sometimes where it didn't look like nothing but mud and you'd pour it into these molds and you'd let it sit overnight and you'd open up the mold and there'd be a beautiful sculpture. It kind of gave me a picture of what God does with us. We're hard dirt clay. But the holy water of God, the living water of God pours over this dry clay until God sits there and starts kneading it together and forming it together until he continues to pour over it until I don't look like I'm nothing but a liquid state. And he said, now I can mold you into what I wanted you to be to begin with. And that's the same thing that he has for you. That that process takes a while. And you can't be rejecting of the water that's being poured over you. Because if you do, you'll just stay hard, brittle clay. That's no good for anything but throwing at your brother. So we have to be in a position to accept the words that build us up. In Proverbs 10, 17, it says, People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. In 2 Timothy 2, 2, Paul writes to Timothy, it says, that You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. 
Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. What's he telling Timothy? Go find people who are okay with being formed. Stop messing with dry dirt clay. You can't be the water. You will not be able to take a dry clump of dirt and make it formable. Only God can do that. But guess what you have? You have love, you have the Holy Spirit, and you have the Word. And you can speak life into that dirt piece of clay. And if God so sees it, He will start forming that dry dirt into mud. That's what we do for a hurting and broken world. That's what we do for people who said they, don't want, they might want God, but they don't want to follow His ways. We pray life over them. But we look for the people who are ready Look for people in this church. Look for people in your circle groups who are ready to read the Word. Who are ready to be encouraged through the Word. Who are ready to confess and repent. Repent to turn away from the world and to put their eyes on God. Those people are out there. And they so desperately want to be loved and taught. It takes a little while to create godly discipline in all of our lives. It has to continue to be worked on to create a discipline so that we may bring God glory in how we speak. And number four, eternal life is on our tongue and in our hearts. Eternal life is on our tongue and in our hearts. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <laughs> See, it starts with you and Jesus. But I want to take the last three to five minutes here and I'm going to teach something that will help you through life if you get to hear it today. We pray that God will let you. When you came and you asked Christ into your life, and he came and made residence in you, and came and made residence in me, that was the only the beginning. That was only the beginning. That was only the beginning. That was only the beginning. It wasn't the end. Everything's not okay then. He said, you have now been adopted into my army. You have now been brought into my camp. You're no longer in this camp. You live in my camp. Now I want you to understand how to fight. Jesus wasn't selling fire insurance. He was recruiting warriors. And you, brother and sister in love, aligned with God's Word, prayed by the Holy Spirit, have a calling in your life. And it's not to get through life to just make it about the things that we want. It's not to get through life and to make sure our desires get filled. It's to get through life waging war against the darkness of this world through Jesus Christ. And how we speak, and how we rebuke Satan, and how we move forward in our words that we can say, by the name of Jesus Christ, you get out of my way. 
God gives you the power to speak things out of your way. Oh, people are going to become a power. You're just getting a little bit Pentecostal on me. I'm telling you right now, I can't do anything, but the Holy Spirit that lives in me, if God says it wants to be done, can do it. Anything that God wants to happen can happen, and he'll let it happen through you or me. You are a warrior. You are not a victim. You work at a victory. God, oh my goodness, you live in victory. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, there's nothing that can happen to you on this earth. Nothing can happen to you on this earth that can take you out of the hands of God. And when you start fighting, understanding that the victory has already been won, then the fight looks a little bit different, doesn't it? But if you fight and you focus on the struggle, then you're staying beaten down. Understand who bought you. Understand whose you are. Understand who lives in you. Let's close it up. So how does this affect our lives? How does this affect our marriages? How does this affect our workplace? How does this affect our communities? Church, do y'all believe that we can go into the city of Rock Hill, York, Lancaster, Chester? Do you guys believe that we could go in and proclaim the good news of the gospel, speaking words of love and encouragement to a lost and broken world, proclaiming what God's word says, that we are warriors coming to deplete the darkness because where light comes, the darkness has to flee. Amen? Do you really believe that because of what lives inside of us that we can speak and watch God's kingdom advance? It says in his word that everything that we do to be covered in prayer but most of the times, it's our actions that happen first and then the prayer afterwards. It's the words after the work. We need to put the words before the work. That we hit our knees and we, we cry out to God and say, is this what you want us to do? Yes. Okay, let's go do it. Yeah, but we haven't figured it out. Well, you probably won't. Because if you could, it wouldn't be from God. Isn't that cool? Sometimes when I get excited, people think I'm mad. Can I give a disclaimer? I'm not mad at all. I just get excited. <laughs> I'm so happy. I just wish I could get my face to show it. <laughs> Barbara's in here. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. I'm just so excited because I know who lives in you. I'm so excited because I know that the, the, the marriages that just came up, came together in the last year or two or three years. How cool is it that these marriages are being covered by God? So cool because I see the people that are in here that's my age or older that they understand that they're living out of victory and they've been 20 and 30 years into their walk and they have sanctification that's come across them and, and they understand this power. Go and share it with the young generation. Find you a young person to love. Build a relationship with them. Become a friend to them. And give them this word. Teach them to follow his ways. Can we speak love on our city and let it look different? I believe we can. 
Can we go out in our city and love and serve and share and sin in the way that we can see more Rodericks being baptized in the back of a yard and that the whole church maybe ain't even there to see it, but the church over at LA Fitness gets to see it? What about Anafrel Street when we have other churches that's coming together and adopting Anafrel Street and they're going to be in South Confederate Park again this first Saturday and there will be people that's in the darkness that will come to the light because of what God is doing and the entire church here won't get to see it but because of God, the people of that church will get to see it. This Wednesday, we'll be feeding people hot dogs that are going in to play bingo for three to four hours that need some kind of hope and love and encouragement. And we'll use a stinking little stupid hot dog to say, God loves you. Everybody in here won't get to see it. But the church will get to see it. Where's your spot? Where's your spot? I love Tombstone. What do you say to that man over in the crowd? He said, fighting for men, get in the fight or get out. That's what he told Ike. <laughs> Y'all ain't Ike. I just got excited. <laughs> God said, I bought you with my blood. Get in the fight. Get in the fight. Learn that you can fight on your knees with this mouth. Speaking out of love. Led by the Holy Spirit. It's the words that we speak that bring love and change, okay? Sometimes I think people don't fight because they think they got to physically go out there and fight. We fight in the way we love our neighbors, the way I've seen men doing it this week. We fight in the way we come and serve our church and keep this place up and going and cooking food for each other. I'm so thankful and proud of this body of believers. I'm even humbled that I, I, sometimes I stand before y'all and I'm like, I need to be in the seat. And there's people in this body that can encourage and teach me. Isn't it cool when the body comes together and there's people with other gifts other than what you have? I'm babbling, I know, but I'm excited for you. Get in the fight. Use your mouth to speak words of affirmation and love. Use your mouth to rebuke the enemy that's going to come at you today. Put him beneath you. You have that power inside of you. You didn't do it. God did it through you. You can rebuke him. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. Heavenly Father, God, we just pray that your spirit would just awaken us. That we would live lives radically for you. That we would live a way that would bring you glory in everything that we do. God, purge our hearts of what's not from you. Let us live for you. Let us hold tight to one another as we look upon you. And on the days when we fall, let us pick one another up with love and encouragement to continue to walk towards you, Father. We are on a journey, pulling each other up this hill. And Lord God, one day I'll be the puller, and the next day I'm being pulled. Lord, I pray that this church understands the vision that you have of discipleship, where we're tugging and pulling on each other as we go through this journey called life. And then that one day that you're going to send Jesus back to rescue us and to bring us out of this.
We celebrate that day, Father. But until that day, Lord, may we go and make sure one more hears, one more comes to you. So, Father God, give us boldness. Give us love. And let us know where our eternity lies. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.